Hey, terrific friends. This is Tori from Terrific Life. And let me tell you, if I knew then what I know now, I would be so much further along in life. I'm a wife, a boy mom, ages 12 and 15, full-time claims manager, an entrepreneur, and the voice behind Terrific Life. I'm a special needs mom. My oldest has high-functioning autism, a peanut-free and asthma mom, courtesy of my youngest son, and a mom of everything else. (laughs) I'm basically a jack-of-all-trades mom and a master-of-nothing mom. My passion is my family, and when I'm not with them, I love to lift others up. I want to share my experiences to help others in their journey of parenthood with tough love, a new perspective, and laughter. I hope with this podcast, you get ideas, tips, you learn something new, and you get a lot of emotional goodness. Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe subscribe and share my podcast to keep me on the air and visit my website terrificlife.com and my Facebook page Terrific Life. Now, on with the show. Hello, terrific friends, and thank you, thank you, thank you. It's episode three, and you guys have joined me again. So today, though, I'm super excited because we're going to talk about scheduling and charts. Personally, I think everyone needs to be on a schedule and have some sort of chart (laughs) just for some sanity in their life. But the cool thing I learned was that not only was my son with autism benefiting from the vision boards, or not the vision boards, but the visual boards I would make and stuff I would make, so was my other son that was neurotypical. It gave him a sense of independence and responsibility. And he was a lot further along than most kids because he just knew like what needed to be done. Now, schedules and charts 99% of the time don't work because of the parent. The inability to stick to the said chart, the lacks before the chart. Some days we'll do it. Some days we don't. Um, the inability to train them to learn the schedule. I learned quickly with a child with autism is that teaching them and doing daily charts was an uphill battle but we needed to do it and it was necessary. Like, no joke. It was something that was necessary for our survival, especially when teaching them how to do things where some kids would learn right away, where he would take, it could take five years to learn one skill. But this might get some people upset that I'm saying it's the parent. But let's be honest, as I said in a previous podcast, this parenting thing is freaking hard. And adding something new most of the time It is the parent that refuses, not the child. The child, of course, will refuse it. I mean, they refuse when we first feed them um, because you have to create the habit. And once the habit is created, your life and their life will run so much smoother. But the parent is the one that has to create it and follow through. And that is the part in where most parents fall short because, well, let's face it. I mean, again, life, right? But trust me when I say try and find one that works for you and your family because it does help. It it truly helps. When my kids started school and daycare and stuff, I started them off easy. So I would prepare them with school. I get those bins. What the frick are they called? Those bins, you know, the, oh, the milk cartons, like the carton trays or whatever, the crates. So that's it. (laughs) Crates. So the crates, I would put, you know, their little book bag in there. And then if it was winter, we'd have like their checklist of what they needed, made sure everything was in it the night before. So we weren't running around and being like crazy mad people. Right. Um, you know, basically, what should you do when you get home, when you wake up in the morning? These were like little things. I wouldn't overwhelm them. I always say add a couple things to the list first and then add, like pick your most important things and then add to the things you want. For my oldest, showering was a huge one. He has weak muscles. Um, fun fact, they have sometimes kids with autism, they have uh, weak uh, facial muscles or they have weak um 
like limb muscles, just muscle tone in general is poor. So they have to work on it. So sometimes with the getting around the body and maneuvering their hands and stuff, and then even like washing, like he doesn't really scrub because he doesn't like he has a hard time doing that. So we have been working on it for probably the past at least, gosh, it had to been like the last since he turned like seven is when I started, maybe eight, I started having him become more independent slowly. But this is how long it's taken. And I still every once in a while, very modestly, I make sure the shower curtains, you know, in there and then I check his hair because he'll get a lot of dandruff because he doesn't know how to rinse out that soap. So I'll sometimes go in and just kind of like scrub, you know, like his hair and stuff and then be like, all right, rinse it out. Let me see rinse. But everything's like covered to give him his privacy. But I do sometimes have to assist him in that. But this is something that went on from a very early age to now and he still hasn't mastered that skill. But that checklist that was laminated, that shower laminated checklist helped out so dramatically. So we would just, like I said, we'd go over it over and over again. Now, the benefit my little one got was so amazing because he is one of the most independent kids I know when it comes to getting ready and what needs to be done, checking it twice kind of kid. Cooking, on the other hand, yeah, no, I totally failed his mother. Like, (laughs) this is a different story altogether. So fun story. My oldest son, who's on the spectrum, he... I taught him how to make microwavable mac and cheese. We went over all the steps, and I'm not sure if you know. Basically, there's two steps. You add water, microwave, add cheese. Okay, that's three steps, right? So the one day I'm sitting here, and all of a sudden I smell this horrendous smell. I can't even tell you. And CJ is like, oh, no. Oh, no. And I'm like, oh, no, what? Like this... (laughs) Anytime I can say, oh, no, or there seems to be a problem, I know there's a freaking problem that I'm going to have to fix. So he goes, I forgot to add water. And I looked at him, I'm like, that literally is the first step. Like, how did you forget the first step? Like, I failed as a mother. Like, what are you doing? So, of course, my husband comes home and he's like, we got to throw the microwave out. I'm like, slow it down, Rockefeller. Like, I'm going to need to bring it outside or like, we just need to air it out. Let's see where we're at before we're like just dropping money to buy (laughs) a freaking new microwave. Like this isn't happening. It's burnt noodles. We're all going to be okay. But yeah, so if you ask me if I nailed that part of motherhood, I have not. So, but I would, (laughs) to go back to the schedules, I would make them fun. Honestly, you get less meltdowns. You get helpers in your household. You teach them independence and a peaceful home when they know what they need to do. Now, as for tweens and teenagers, as I said, I, I don't know if I said it, but I will get back to you because everything they were really good at, Um, When they were younger, they just basically forgot everything. Like, I don't know what happened. It's like they woke up one morning and their brain cells just left. And and I'll ask them, like, hey, where's your book bag? And they're like, oh, what? What? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Like, did someone take this bag? Is it being held hostage? Did you lose it? I mean, tell me, like, where did this bag go that you don't know where this bag is? But their brain just kind of leaves them at that age, the tween and the teenage. The older, the closer to the teenage is when they really start to get like where they just forget, you know, simple skills. <laughs> but I would, like I said, I'd make it simple in the morning, at night, you know, like kind of like a get dressed, wash your face, hands, brush your teeth, like something where it's just like it's kind of a regular and then you could add something if they have a responsibility or a chore or something. You can even add to the schedule and it increases um, flexibility. So you want to make sure, because with children with autism, this is something that I had to learn, is that us as parents, we always want to keep them on that. um, Everything needs to be on schedule. Everything needs to be on schedule because then he's going to flip out. Well, also, the one of the reasons they flip out is because they were never taught how to handle flexibility. Now, 
Some can get it, some cannot. So it depends on the level of autism that you're dealing with. But um, when there are no surprises in a scheduling and stuff, this is when I was telling you how it's necessary. We want to keep them out of the flight and fight mode as much as possible. This helps with their emotions to think about if if you knew what was going on that day, you were going to what to expect, you could prepare them for it, maybe even come up with a social story with them. So you're able to go through what they need to go through that day. Um, let's face it, by now, all of us as adults, we know what we're doing. Come home, come to work, pick up toys, check homework. Like You want to make sure you have that. And what that helps them with is independence, mental organization, and helps them to cooperate better. And it teaches them that skill like, okay, I don't like to do something, but I have to do it. Um, I have volunteered in a lot of schools. And what I noticed is the most of the classrooms with the schedules and consistency in the charts were the most well-behaved classrooms. I mean, you fill up their time, they stay focused and they have no excuse on what or they should or should not be doing. If your family is going through a change, it offers a sense of like stability for them during a stressful time. My kids would get excited when they would see the schedule and there was something fun or different on it. If he didn't like what was on it, he would say after a while, he would say, well, it's only that day. I'm going to be okay. But if it was something he hated, Sometimes I would save it. Um, recently, I've been able to add more things, but he would do a lot of, and I know other kids too with autism, They, if it's something they're dreading then, you're being tortured. And that's also hard. Like if they have to go to the dentist, now it's going to be like, do I have to go to the dentist? When are we going to the dentist? What time are we going to the dentist? When is the dentist? Do I have to go to the dentist? Am I going to have to open my mouth for the dentist? And this will go on from the moment that you put it on that calendar <laughs> to the moment that you leave. And at that point, they're so stressed out and anxiety written that sometimes those things you might want to put on for the last like last minute or that day like hey guess what today we're going to the dentist I forgot to put it on the calendar and every once in a while I would say something like oh you know mommy forgot mommy forgot to put it on the calendar you know I'm so sorry but we have to go you know we'll talk about it but then it only gives them that anxiety for a little bit until they get used to going if that's something that they like or don't sometimes they don't and that's just something that we as parents decide you as the individual family decides like okay we know that he freaks out or she freaks out every time we talk they have to go to this so let's save that one for last minute there's no reason to put that on that child. But yeah, I would put on like if I forgot the grocery store, I'd be like, oh, mommy forgot. I forgot. Silly mommy. I'd be like, you know, I forgot I have to get st- go to the grocery store for milk and whatever. And I say, when should we put it on? Should we put it on before therapy or after therapy? And then I'd make it like a communication. And then he kind of felt like he was in charge on what was happening. And sometimes that helps out. But it's very important to leave that flexibility so you could teach them like that little lesson on how to like deal with certain situations or that their things can be surprising. And sometimes it's better to do it at the smaller level with you as a family than waiting. I'm hoping that makes sense. I don't know. <laughs> um, but yeah, so the scheduling, Ben now comes home every day from school, does his homework like clockwork. I come home, everything's done by the time I get home. CG does great. Every morning he wakes up, they both get themselves ready. They're out the door. CG feeds the fish like it's like a whole like schedule he has that he has memorized now they don't fight to get up and are ready to go because that's what they were shown that was the skill they learned Um, most parents do limited now like bedtime or brushing teeth but you know I challenge you the next 30 days create a new schedule of what is expected of them help them for the first week or so and then just cue reminders I used velcro a lot to make it fun because they got to move it all over 
Or you can like put stickers in a column, whatever is available to you and what's cheapest. Like I said, I've done the dollar store. I would Pinterest ideas. I did a lot of Pinterest and I just kind of um, used my creativity and I would kind of like either it like make them you know, better or cut them down a little bit because they were too much for my family. Life is hectic and hard. And nowadays, kids are being carted off to one thing to another, signed up for one event to go to another sport. I barely can stay grounded. So having a comfort of knowing also by writing it all out, you might even realize like, hey, we're really overscheduled. Maybe we should pull back a little because that could be stressful for them too. And when you have it written out, sometimes that visual gives you that reality. But CJ, the funny thing is CJ used to, um, when he used to get mad at me though, like, or he didn't like something that was on the erase board and he was like throwing a tantrum, he would erase my dry erase board. And it was like, I was like, oh, it's war. It's on. It's going down. Like, <laughs> I'm like, are you kidding me? You erased my dry erase board because he knew how much I loved him. But I'll post some of mine um, on my website for you guys to check it out and see so you guys could see like what I'm talking about. But now for behavior, um, this is what I'm talking behavior you do more for charts like the sticker chart and stuff. I again dollar store finds CJ I would have um, I teach a behavior with his meltdowns or whining or screaming or if he had a tick or something like that I would do the chart. I would do the sticker chart they were great but I had to constantly pick different ones because he was he'd get bored very easily or the prize that he got he would obsess over so that was kind of hard like we had to be really specific with those where like Ben on the other hand would have done sticker charts all day every every day just to earn Pokemon cards. Like they're, they were complete polar opposites. CJ was, I was always jumping through hoops to try to figure out like that behavior one was so hard because it's, it was stressful. And again, it falls on the parent and I would sometimes become weak with it because it was just like, oh my gosh, I can't, I can't do this anymore. I don't know. I Like I said, Ben is good, but I remember, I still remember Ben would tell me like with the Pokemon, he'd earn it and he would tell me like how hard it is and how long it took to get the cars because it was so hard to be good. That kid is something else. And I pray he grows out of it. He's 12 now and him forgetting the basic training, I fear for my fellow listeners out there. I just want to let you know, I prayed and I tried my best. So I, I mean... The, the sticker charts and stuff, the, any schedules and charting and training them, I look at it like you have to qu- cut the cord sometimes. And a lot of times what I see is that a lot of people, they want to do everything for the kid because it's easier for the parent. But then we stunt the child by not letting them spread their wings and learn things. Sometimes they tell us when to cut the cord. They give you cues like that, where when it's other things, they don't necessarily give you the cue. And it's just easier for us to do things for them, um, especially with autism, because it's hard. But if you stick with it and you stick with what they need to learn, even if it's tying their shoe and every day at five o'clock, they have to practice tying their shoe. You know, if, if things are good, it might take six months, it might take 10 years, but that kid's going to eventually learn it and get it. But it comes to us to have to follow through, you know? So I don't know. I'm going to be taking my own advice. You guys, like I said, (laughs) we all... I'm going to teach my kids. I think I'm going to do a chart and a schedule or something to do something where they cook for themselves because I need to be able to prep my kids for, you know, to become independent human beings and good human beings. And I remember looking and watching my mother and my mother... She taught me cleaning and all this stuff. The one thing she didn't teach me was how to make a bed. And I remember, I think I was, I don't know, 16 or 17. She threw the sheets at me and I had to make the bed. And I went to put it on and I could not get the sheet on. So I tell my mom, I'm like, mom, these sheets are shrunk. They don't fit on my bed. So she goes out and buys me brand new sheets. Now, I don't want to say it's on her, man. It's on her. (laughs) She didn't even... (laughs) 
see that I was naive. But then I come back, I go to put, she washes them. I put them on the bed. I'm like, mom, these shrunk too. She's like, what are you talking about? So she goes in and she goes, you gotta flip them. And she like turned up the sheets around. I never even thought to turn the sheets around. This simple skill, but I was never shown it. I was never taught it. As silly and stupid as it is. And I think to myself, like, you know, this is things, especially children, all children, really. I think the schools don't teach it as much. They don't teach that daily skill. So for us to just look at them and be like, well, now you're an adult. Good luck. You know, I think you need to train them at a younger age instead of stunting them. So scheduling and charts, I am for 110%. So hopefully you guys enjoyed this podcast. Again, I'm going to post at terrificlife.com. I'll post some things on my blog so you guys could see some of the pictures and stuff of the charts that I do. And just remember, guys, there's no wrong way. There's no right way. You don't have to go all in at once. Start little. Start with with what, what works for your family. And honestly, like I said, if you find yourself um, or your children having a lot of meltdowns or they're aggravated or they they misbehave, this is might be an avenue that you want to take because really, if you stick with it and stuff, it is uh, a saving grace. So hope you guys have a great rest of the week and we'll talk soon.